Wow. <laughs> amazing how God puts things together. Truly amazing. I don't tire of sharing with you when we see the working of the Holy Spirit. I mean, what Jacqueline said this morning, and she had already been looking at what Tatiana had mentioned. I had a visit from a couple of folk from the church here this week. We were discussing a few things. Only as they were speaking, I began to smile because some of the things that they had concerns of and what they had believed that the Holy Spirit had led them to understand and to proceed I had already been given the message for today that lines exactly up with what was on their hearts. Don't tire of that. I have something to read to you, and when I first got it, I wondered if I was going to be able to hold myself together to read it. So I will make an attempt. Maybe I'm just emotional, but I had an email yesterday and you'll know where it comes from shortly. Let me read it. David, tell our congregation that Jesus is alive and in control and that he never leaves us. He is always with us. Tell them they need to know Jesus and welcome him into their hearts. Tell them that life without the risen Lord Jesus inside consists of fear and fear alone. The lady in another bread struggling with her worsening cancer cried all night for the priest to come and grant her absolution and forgiveness of sins. And all she had to do was to call to the Savior, trust in him, and he would give her peace. Quote from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. David, tell them all to trust in the Savior and him alone. Joe and I continue to pray for you and the whole fellowship. Wow. Wow. This is the third message on the Holy Spirit, and I could have taken the whole summer with messages on the Holy Spirit, so it's very difficult to try and concise things down to three messages. There's so much about the Holy Spirit. I've tried to just choose a minimum of verses to just give us the idea of things that we need to keep in mind when we live our life in the power of the Holy Spirit. So before we begin, I'd like to pray, Father, that you would open our ears and our hearts. It is obvious that the Holy Spirit is working among us. And if any is here this morning that have not put their trust and faith in Jesus, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring conviction into their hearts. 
And for those of us that have believed, may we be reminded of the fact that the Holy Spirit is given to us as our guide into all the truth. He's not going to speak of his own accord, but what he hears, he conveys to us. And he also shows us things to come. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're present with us. I ask for your power. In Jesus' name, amen. This message this morning may be perhaps a little bit more practical, and yet it's an area that I think that if we were to be honest with ourselves, we all struggle with at times. And that is discerning whether what we are hearing is from the Lord, the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes our minds get in the way and we can think that God has spoken when in fact he hasn't. And we'll see if we can try and clarify some of that. So Jesus spoke in John's gospel about his sheep that would hear his voice. So Jesus speaks. The section from John 10 says, the quote from Jesus, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter into the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now the shepherds in the Middle East would lead the flock, whereas in some countries they drive the flock. The position that any pastor needs to take is not the position of driving the flock but to leave the flock. They will by by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. My sheep, Jesus says, hear my voice. I ask you this morning, have you heard the voice of Jesus? If you have not heard the voice of Jesus, Perhaps you do not, you have not confessed your sins to him and received salvation for them. Because if you belong to Christ, you will hear his voice and you will know that it's his. And Jesus says, and I know them and they follow me. I give to them eternal life. They shall never perish. What an assurance. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. I'm not a shepherd. I'm not a farmer. So I'm going to defer to Albert today. And I don't know if he's a shepherd or not, and maybe... (laughs) 
Maybe it's different than dealing with the cows, Albert. But through reading, and this makes perfect sense to me, and in one sense it seems very cruel, but the shepherd in the Far East, or in the Middle East, if the sheep was to wander, and if the lamb was to wander off, and continue to do so, leaving the flock, the shepherd would go and take that lamb, break its leg, which meant then that the lamb was going to have to stay with the shepherd. And the shepherd would put the lamb on his own shoulders and carry that, that lamb around. And you can imagine it wouldn't take too long before that lamb knew the shepherd's voice. Sometimes in our lives, including after we're believers, we have to go through a time of brokenness. And we will find, if you look, that Jesus is carrying us on his shoulders. Why? He wants us to hear his voice. We've been listening to other voices. And today there are many voices in the world, and we can go down the wrong path but we must listen to the voice of Jesus. And he can lay us aside for a time in order to cause us to hear his voice. I don't say this from some ivory tower. It's about 20 years ago, I ruptured my Achilles tendon. And I had an option that the surgeon gave me that could either stitch it up or allow it to heal on its own. If it heals on its own, it will take longer. Keep the foot down, put it in a cast. And I was in a cast for six weeks. Couldn't do anything. In fact, in that day, I was not able to work for a year and a half. Took me a while to get over it. But during that time that I was in a cast, a retired pastor came to me. He had no idea what had happened. He had a small job to give me. And when he came to the house, we sat down at the dining room table. Before he left, he says, David, he says, I'm reminded of Psalm 23. And I said, well, (laughs) what part of Psalm 23 are you reminded of? David says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. God doesn't do that because he doesn't love us. He does it because he loves us so much. And he makes us to lie down. I can't help but think of Sim right now. We're all the same. Just because he's a pastor and he's on a platform, we all go through stuff. And God is saying, Sim, I'm going to make you Lie down. But not in a desert, in green pastures. And he's going to restore our souls. And over that period of a year and a half, when I had become so discouraged, and it could have been that time I couldn't even lift my Bible, I sat in the rec room and I took out a, a Bible that I had that had four versions of the Bible in it. It had NASB, it had NIV, it had King James, and it had the Amplified Bible. 
I began to read the Amplified Bible. And because it's amplified, I began to notice things I hadn't noticed before. And God had set me apart for a time so that I might be restored. Anybody here like that this morning? Have you ever reached the point in which it's going to take the Lord in his loving kindness to lay you aside, to speak to you? He wants to get your attention. Don't ignore it. It's for your good. Not only does Jesus communicate to us, but so does the Holy Spirit. And I could have listed a numerous number of scriptures that pertain to this. I'm just going to read off a few. From John 14, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. And I've said this before. If you have never read the scriptures, or if you've only read John's gospel, the Holy Spirit isn't going to bring to your remembrance something that's in Ephesians. If you have read the scriptures, if you've become discouraged, God will use those and the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance. And that's exactly what happened to me during that time I couldn't read my Bible. I began to beat myself up because I wasn't reading my Bible. But all along, even in the middle of the night, the Holy Spirit would bring scriptures to my memory. Thank God. Acts 8 says the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. This was the Ethiopian eunuch that had come to Jerusalem and had been there on the day of Pentecost. Philip heard the Holy Spirit. Is this possible today? Some of us may rule that out. While there are others of us that we know that we have heard from the Holy Spirit and he has directed us to go and see somebody, to speak to somebody, to pray for somebody. That's the Holy Spirit at work. And he says to Philip, go and catch this chariot. And the Holy Spirit caught him away. I mean, imagine trying to run alongside a chariot with a horse. And Philip joins him in the chariot. And when he was all done, he baptized the eunuch. The Holy Spirit caught him away. He was somewhere else. Could the Holy Spirit do that today? Why not? Are we ready for it? Well, we put maybe God in a box. Let's get ourselves out of that box. Acts 11 is the account where Peter saw the vision of the sheep coming down from heaven. And he says, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, nothing doubting. How did Peter know that? Is it possible that we can know that? The instructions to the seven churches in Revelation, every single church, the end of the letter, the Lord writes to them and he says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Not necessarily to the church he was writing to, but all of the churches. Read all the letters to the churches. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying. This is important in the day in which we're living. 
Each of us need to be hearing from the Holy Spirit. And I'm so excited and thrilled with the stories that I hear from the congregation of those that have heard from the Holy Spirit and he's connecting people together and there's an affinity and there's a oneness and there's a unity and the message that the Holy Spirit is giving is the same message. I mentioned before about Simeon. I keep kidding him that he's stealing my messages. Good thing, because that's the Holy Spirit doing that. This is a big question. Are Jesus and the Holy Spirit obligated to speak to us? You know, we live in a here and now and fast food society, and we go to the God, we go to the Holy Spirit, and we need an answer, and we need it right now. Throughout my life, I've become, I think I might be right in saying this. Maybe there's others that can verify it. But so many times we ask and we pray for, and it's very legitimate, and yet we don't receive an answer right away. I think this is what's taking place. The Holy Spirit is wondering, are you really serious? How much do you want this? And we may have to wait. We go through a proving time. This, are you really serious? We need to be in constant communication with God because then he sees our heart and knows our hearts. He wants to answer. But how serious are we? I wonder about that. Revelation 1 is when John was on Patmos and he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a voice as of a trumpet. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. What's that mean? What's that involve? Where's your mind? Where has your mind been this morning? I know for many of you, you've got young families. I've been there. And I know the turmoil that goes, happens before you get out to church. Let's be practical. But if our mindset is on the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit wants to convey to us today, it's going to make all the difference when I come. It makes a total difference because my mindset is on God and his things. And he is preparing me to receive what he wants to give me today. And John heard this voice. It was so real that he turned around to see the voice. And when he turned around, the description he gives of Jesus Christ was something that John had never seen in his lifetime and walked with him day after day. He saw Jesus as the one who was coming back as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and was going to set everything right in the world. His first coming is to save sinners, and we're still in that age. His second coming is when we're going to say hallelujah, because he's going to rule in righteousness. We look around the world today, 
Can you name a country? Can you name a political party that are ruling in righteousness? Not in your life. He's coming back. And John saw that. And he says, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. What you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. He is the first. He's the last. We need to get that into our minds. He had a plan before eternity. He's working it out in time in order that we might spend eternity with him. That's the big picture. And he's working it out in our lives, in our time. Have you considered the fact that you were born into this time? I have. For the majority of my life, I realized that I was born for this time. And now the time is here. I'm not taken by surprise. Acts 13, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. I won't go through all the names. And I've often looked at this scripture, and I thought, isn't that interesting? Have you ever considered it? In Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Where were the pastors? Where were the evangelists? But in Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. The prophet is essential because he hears from God. God gives him a message for the people. Don't underestimate the gift of prophecy. Just because it can be abused and used wrongly does not mean that there are no prophets. And I believe the church today is lacking because there has been no consideration of that. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, When's the last time you and I were involved in ministering to the Lord and fasted? Randy had fasting at their place. This is what I'm talking about. How serious are we? When we're serious, the Holy Spirit shows up and he imparts information to us that we need to know. And what he said was, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. But they knew that the Holy Spirit was in agreement that this was what was to take place. God may begin to send out people from this congregation for a work that you never dreamt of. The workmen are few. And God I'm sure we'll be laying on someone's heart here and stirring in your heart. You know where God is directing you to minister. Don't jump into it. You need to be in prayer and fasting to know for sure that it's the Holy Spirit that is giving you that direction. Acts 16 and 6, when Paul and Timothy had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach. You'd think, that is very odd. I mean, would not God be behind anyone that would go out and preach? He would work through them. The Holy Spirit worked through the disciples in those early years to make it evident to those that listened 
that God was speaking. Something was special. But now he forbade him to go. Have you any idea how far Paul traveled? I calculated it one time. This is in Turkey, present-day Turkey. Paul walked for 1,300 miles, and every place he went, the Holy Spirit says, no, no, not here. Well, let's try over here. No, not here. Try over, no, not here. And then one night, Paul had a dream. And in his dream, he saw a man from Macedonia, a Gentile nation, and he says, go. Paul didn't wait till tomorrow. He didn't wait till the next day. He responded immediately to the Holy Spirit's voice. And in the middle of the night, they got up and Paul says, let's go. I know the Holy Spirit has spoken to me through a dream. And look at what was the result of that. It was the beginning of Paul's ministry to the Gentile nations of which we are now part. If it wasn't for that, we may never have heard the gospel. So how does the Holy Spirit speak to a believer? This is one that I'd referenced earlier on the Holy Spirit from John 16. When the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. We're so desperately needing that today. There's so many voices that you hardly know what to believe. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. What does the Holy Spirit communicate? The Holy Spirit hears what is going on in heaven. Today, this very day, and he wants to communicate it to us. What is he hearing? What does he base his communication on? Can we know? Is it just in my mind? Or am I actually hearing from the Holy Spirit? Let's think about this. First Corinthians 2, as it is written, I has not seen nor heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And I've heard it quoted time and time again and it stopped short there. We can't know the things that God has prepared for us. They're so vast, they're so awesome. We can't begin to understand. And we stopped and we didn't read the next verse. But God But God, how many have experienced the but gods in your life? But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. But God has revealed to us these awesome things that he has planned for us. It is beyond the human mind to comprehend Yes, but when the Holy Spirit reveals it to us, it becomes clear in our minds, and we know that we know that we know that was the Holy Spirit that was showing me something that I didn't know before. 
This has happened numerous times in my life, and I would say probably even more so within the last three years. He has shown me things but I have read the scriptures all my life and I'm wondering how come I missed it. But the Holy Spirit is now at work in our lives to reveal things to us because of the day in which we're living. I want this to be clear. Begin to live in the enjoyment and the truth that the Holy Spirit is alive and in you and wants to guide and direct you into truth. Don't forget that. But the Holy Spirit primarily speaks through the scriptures. He used the scriptures by the disciples. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter stands up and speaks to tell them about what was taking place, he drew from Joel's prophecy. The Holy Spirit will bring to our memory the scriptures that will guide us for the steps we need to take. That is the safest direction to go in. So be, be very vigilant about this. Because it was, whatever you read or hear must never, ever contradict what the scriptures say. But you won't know that they contradict if you haven't read. Therefore, it's important to read. And we get into trouble if we don't know the scriptures. Knowing them will preserve us from falling into error. That's more important today than ever. How then shall we live? Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. This is how we begin to live our day-to-day -day lives. This is practical. And much of this comes down to the mind. The battlefield between good and evil, between right and wrong, and what we do that's for God and what we do that's against God is battlefield is in the mind. And there is more and more problems with that today than ever before. I know firsthand, and I just found out that my son is going through it again. And he went through it two years ago. This is prevalent. I can't stress enough that we need to set our minds on things above where Christ is, not on the things of this earth. If it's on this earth and we're reading the news, we're going to get confused and we're going to get upset and we're going to lose that connection and communication with God because our focus is wrong. Focus your mind on the things that are above where Christ is. Those who are of Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We live in the Spirit. Let us also walk in the Spirit. And this is the result. When we do, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. When the Holy Spirit is at work in us, these things are impossible for us to hold on to. We can become upset because we're still in the flesh. We can become conceited because we think we've got the answers to everything. And I say, well, great. You haven't lived long enough. I used to have all the answers too. I uh, found out I didn't. 
We don't want to provoke one another or envy one another. When the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus Christ to you, it will change your life. Beyond a doubt, we all believers with unveiled face, continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. If our focus is on the Lord, we see his glory. We are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to another, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is at work in us in order to show us Christ. That's his main job description, if you will, is to present Christ to us. Whatever your situation is that you're going through, the Lord knows exactly what you're going through. He knew it before you were going through it. He ever lives to intercede. He ever lives to give you guidance, and the Holy Spirit is there to guide you. Ask the Holy Spirit, I'm confused in this situation. Would you show me from your word what direction to take and be prepared to wait. It may not be immediate. He's looking to see how serious you are to get the answer. We must always adjust our thinking to what the scriptures clearly state. And I've put clearly state because there are many scriptures that are difficult to understand. I run up against them all the time. But when you find a clear statement from Scripture, that overrides any other obscure Scripture that may say something different. That's a warning. That's how you begin to understand the Word of God. Go from the the clear statements of Scripture, and if something comes up that doesn't support that, something's wrong. You just don't understand what that other Scripture is saying. And that takes time to work through and the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you, what it actually is saying. The Holy Spirit also speaks through other believers, but a a warning. However, you must take it to the Lord before receiving it. An example of this was Paul when he was traveling towards Jerusalem, and Agabus, who was a prophet, came, and he had a word from the Holy Spirit, and he warned Paul what was going to happen if he went to Jerusalem. And he was very dramatic about it. Took his garments and rent them and everything. What did Paul do? Let me put words in Paul's mouth. He says, that's fine, Agabus, but the Holy Spirit hasn't shown me. It's important when you hear something from someone, take it to the Lord, take your time, make sure that this is what God is directing you to do and not what someone else thinks you should do. If you're not sure that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about a certain matter, do not proceed until you have his peace. And I mean that seriously. Do not proceed. There were times when I reasoned things through in my own mind and made the decision that I need to proceed further, and it got me into trouble. Don't move until you've waited on God. That's the safest choice that we can can make in our lives. And that's the end of my message. Let me give you one 
short example. Because so, sometimes we think that the Holy Spirit, when he speaks, and we know it's him that everything's going to be fine. We moved to Great Britain in 1981. I was determined to know that this was the direction of the Holy Spirit and that this was the will of God. And I went and spoke to a, a fellow who's still alive in my apartment building. He's now 90. <clears throat> I trusted him, and I went to him. I said, Mac, I have a concern. I, this is what I believe God is leading me to do, but I'm not totally certain. And he's, after discussion, he says, let's pray, Dave. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. And I think we need to be as simple as this. He just said, God, we're still just your kids. And we don't have answers to everything. Would you show Dave what he needs to do? I proceeded. We moved to Britain. I designed and subcontracted a house that we never moved into. And I've told you before, I had a nervous breakdown. I came back here for two weeks. Went back to Britain again. And I was going to start up in business there. And this was me talking. We went to the library on a Saturday. I was looking through books to find suppliers for printing. Where do I buy paper, ink, presses, etc.? My wife turned to me. She says, what are you doing? I says, well, I'm, I'm looking to write down the names of suppliers. She said, did God tell you? <sighs> These women. <laughs> I was thankful for. Did God tell you? I wasn't ready to hear that. And then I realized, no. No. I need to know for sure. And when God spoke, I went out that Monday morning to work. And by 10 o'clock in the morning, he had shown me a scripture. This is how the Holy Spirit works. He brought a scripture to mind, and it was so clear that I was to move back to Canada. This did not go over too well. I was working for my father-in-law. Everything going to work out fine because the Holy Spirit told me to move back to Canada? Well, for one thing, it didn't make sense. We were going to lose $15,000 in the exchange rate alone from two years prior, plus the cost to move back again, plus the fact I had no job to come to, no house and no car. I had a wife and two kids. And you could reason it and say, this is foolishness. But I knew that God had spoken to me, that this is what I was to do. I had to move in faith. That's what faith is about. Move forward in faith knowing, not not knowing. When he makes it clear to you, you know. And regardless what comes in to try and persuade you one way or another, don't listen. When you know that God has spoken, take it to the bank. We moved back. God supplied house, work, business. Completely blew my mind. Christian life is practical. The Holy Spirit speaks and so does Jesus. And they want to communicate us, I think, to us more 
than what we're ready to receive. If we would only ask, if we would only speak to the Lord, speak to the Holy Spirit, give me the guidance, they're more than willing to. But they're going to check out and see. Are you really serious about this? I hope this has been practical. The next two weeks, I know that the Lord gave me messages. And John one day came up to me and he, when I had said, any, any messages you'd like to hear? And John came up and he says, yes, I'd like to hear a message on grace. And it was only two days prior to that that God had woke me up in the middle of the night to write down messages on grace. So the next two weeks are on grace. Are you going to be around, John? Okay. You better be. 